struggling with relationships? Look no further. My specialized relationship coaching and courses are here to empower you. Whether it's personal relationships, parenting, or communication skills, I can support you as you strengthen your relationships, improve communication, foster deeper connections, and overcome parenting challenges. Invest in yourself and your loved ones. Overcome obstacles, build resilience, create lasting connections, and gain practical skills for everyday life. Book your coaching session now at psychgirlcoaching.com and let me be your guiding light in the intricate world of relationships. Together, we'll create a future filled with love, understanding, and growth. Visit psychgirlcoaching.com forward slash empowered hyphen me to get started now. Okay, so today we have a very special guest, um, Kelly Kelly, oh, yeah. um, and uh, she is an author and the uh, host of and creator, correct? Um, the yep. dear, yes, the dear dumb bitch podcast. I love that title. So, could you? <laughs> so, welcome, Kelly. Um, first of all, uh, please, you've got to tell us more about your podcast. That is just Awesome. I love that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Alyssa. I am so, so excited to be here with you. I am so grateful we connected. And I love podcasting. I do have my own podcast as well, Dear Dumb Bitch. Kind of like Dear Diary, but Dear Dumb Bitch, because we all have an inner dumb bitch that's teaching us life lessons when we actually pay attention. I tried to ignore mine for most of my life and she didn't go away. She just kept getting louder and louder and louder. So I finally decided to actually notice the lessons that my inner dumb bitch and life were teaching me. And now I overshare them on my podcast. I love that. And I love that you're right. Um, I've heard a lot of people call, you know, uh, their their guides or intuition or whatever, different things, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. For me, I view I view my inner dumb bitch as it's basically a, a pseudonym for my ego, right? We all have right. our ego who's trying to keep us safe and really preserve our, and protect our concept of self, but it creates all of these experiences to identify how we're operating in these patterns in life and to use that to actually strip away all that we're not so that way we can become more of who we are. That is awesome. That is so true. Okay. So um, would you mind telling us a little bit about your story on how you created the podcast? How did you get there? Yeah. So there was a journey getting to the podcast. If you had told me five years ago, I would have a podcast that I would live in Bali, that I would be writing books, that I would have my own business. I would have said, mm, shut the fuck up. No, like that's not, <laughs> that's not possible for me because five years ago, I actually had severe PTSD after leaving an emotionally abusive and toxic as fuck marriage. So just to provide some context in regards to my journey and how I ended up here doing what I'm doing, I thought I was living my dream life once, once upon a past life. We're talking like 2017 and 2018. And my life looked really good from the outside. I lived in sunny South Florida, I had a very successful business. I drove a Porsche. I had four amazing golden doodles. Like from the outside, it looked like I was living my dream life. 
And I was miserable. I realized I was secretly in an emotionally abusive marriage. And I took a trip to Seattle, Washington in March of 2018. And it was supposed to be a two-week vacation. But during those two weeks, I committed to the decision I knew in my heart and soul I needed to make, which was to not only leave my marriage, but to move across the country to restart my love. So after the two weeks, I flew back to Florida. I filed for a divorce. I went broke overnight because my then abusive now ex-husband withdrew every penny we have from our joint accounts. I packed my shit in garbage bags, left my dream house, returned my Porsche because I could no longer afford my car payments. And three days later, I was on a flight back to Washington. And I'm like, all right, I guess I live here now. I had a suitcase and a dream and a vision of a different future for myself. I had a vision of creating a life that actually felt good inside and a life where I was a priority. And I was living my life and not somebody else's life or not being who I thought somebody needed me to be and a life where I truly knew and loved myself. So that was just the beginning of my journey. And I called it my journey of self-love and self-discovery, which is essentially what the healing journey is. It's learning to love yourself unconditionally and to heal the trauma from the past, whether it's trauma from an abusive relationship or really just trauma from life, because we all have trauma. It's just part of the human experience experience. And it's actually facing and allowing yourself to feel and heal. So my journey had a lot of detours, which means I just had more lessons to learn to become who I am today. But but somewhere along the journey, I realized that I discovered my life's purpose and my true calling in life. I had built, rebuilt my real estate business in Washington and In the summer of 2021, I realized that my soul's purpose was not to sell houses. Like That's not why I was put here on this earth. I could, I could do it really well, but it didn't leave me feeling fulfilled. It didn't light my soul on fire. And it was then that I realized my true purpose is to share, is to share my life, my experiences, my lessons, and everything that I've learned with other women to help guide them on their own journey. Because we're all on this journey. It's if we're actually intentionally using the journey to create our future, because if we're not intentionally creating our future, then we are unintentionally creating our past. So I have this calling to start sharing myself and my story and my experiences. And that's when I began to build my coaching program and just the kept following those breadcrumbs. And in December of 2021, I had the idea to start a podcast. And I'm like, awesome. Another life goal that I have no idea how to do, but <laughs> I better figure it out because there's one thing that I am not willing to accept in life, and that is regret. Fear of regrets for me will overcome any other fear that there is the fear of failure, the fear of not knowing how to do something, the fear of risk. Like the fear of regret is far scarier. So I figured out how to create a podcast and I released the first episode on January 1st of 2022. Nice. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love uh, how you started your journey. It is exceptionally difficult to step outside of a toxic situation. It takes bravery and um, commitment to yourself, you know, and when you've been in a toxic situation, it is very hard to commit anything to yourself because you're actually 
you know, programmed not to, <laughs> to you know, to mm-hmm. actually do the exact opposite. So, you know, and, and then being able to decide to live your own life, you know, and not somebody else's and follow your path. That is, you know, it does, it takes bravery and, um, listening to your intuition. That's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it was the, one of the most difficult decisions I ever made to leave my marriage. And it's interesting because your intuition, your heart, your soul, it, it knows what's right for you, but our minds will tell us a different story. And when you're in those toxic situations, you're conditioned to doubt yourself. You're conditioned yes. to have your life revolve around another person. You're actually addicted to another person. It's it's such a mind fuck. And it's really, really challenging to be able to walk away from that and to choose yourself. But walking away from a toxic person is truly one of the greatest acts of self-love. And I can still remember at the time, I I was so confused. I, I didn't know if I was making the best decision of my life by leaving or the worst decision of my life by leaving. Like maybe I could just be happy. I have all these nice things. But ultimately, again, it was that fear of regret, like the thought of waking up five, 10 or 15 years from then and regretting not leaving sooner was something I couldn't accept. I could accept if I made a mistake and left my dream life, but there was no way I could regret not leaving sooner. And it was, in fact, the best decision of my life. That is that is amazing. (laughs) And it is, you know, again, being able to just pack up and leave. Wow. And I've known a lot of people who have a really hard time being able to do that, you know, being able to actually uh, make that decision and choose that path. It's, it can be difficult. Um, I know yeah. that when I, I left my toxic situation, I had stuff because I had a couple, <laughs> um, mm. you know, it was, uh, it was extremely difficult, but at the same time it was, okay, I don't want to live like this anymore. And, you know, ultimately it was for myself because I wanted to be me again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it it just, it drains the life out of you. It's literally suffocating your soul. It's disconnecting you from your highest self, your true self from source, from universe. But it's also going against all of your programming because it's not just about the trauma of the relationship. It's also about all of the trauma that led you to that relationship in the first place. And your nervous system is is wired to have that be your sense of familiarity. It ultimately becomes your comfort zone. And it goes against like every cell and every ounce of DNA in your body because you're like, no, this feels safe. This feels like childhood. There's so many attachments here and the familiarity. And it really, you have to like go against all of that. And it's the most painful, devastating, challenging. It's it's everything. But it's also there to to guide you because the purpose of pain isn't to punish you. It's to teach you. It's to teach you the lessons that will change your life and allow you to become more of who you're supposed to be, which is who you already are beneath the programming from the the past, beneath all the subconscious and limiting beliefs. Like it's an opportunity to return to yourself. Exactly. Yes. And I I was thinking, you know, um, when you're living in a constant fight or flight mode, it is very hard for you to move out of that. And, you know, for years I was like, I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. And then one day I was like, you know what, wait a minute. I don't want to be a survivor. (laughs) I'm tired of surviving. (laughs) I want to thrive now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Surviving is, 
is it takes a lot of energy it's very taxing and you're still living in that fight or flight mode and yes that has I mean we could talk about the 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 effects of trauma on your health and well-being but yeah if you're a survivor then you're ultimately still feeling like you're fighting something and I love the pivot from surviving to thriving because when you're thriving you get to actually experience being alive and living and all of the beauty that life has to offer so very true and I can see that you are definitely thriving and I love that (laughs) I'll tell you what I I didn't know life could feel this good I didn't know life could feel this magical and that's ultimately the reason why I do the work that I do is because I want all women to experience this like I didn't receive the life memo that like life actually gets to be this beautiful exciting adventure that you get to create like I'm just making it up as I go and it feels incredible and the fact that I get to create a positive impact on the lives of other women and help guide them on their journey like it's the most fulfilling thing and I didn't know life could feel this good That is amazing. I'm getting there. You know, I'm getting to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I I can help other people feel this way. And it's just amazing, you know, to be able to uh, step out outside of of everything you once were, you know, just completely shut it and be the person who you truly are. Yeah, that's, that's the journey of life. That's what it is. We have these layers, layers from the past, layers of who we think we are, layers of past trauma, and trauma being, you know, I used to have a different understanding of trauma. I used to think trauma was something that people who went to war experienced, or if you witnessed like this horrific, um, incident or had a crisis. We all have trauma, right? There's big T trauma and little T trauma. Trauma is just how the past continues to affect our presence. And it's basically like an energetic and emotional residue from the past. And of course there's a spectrum, right? Like there's going to be the big T trauma that um, is more obvious incidents. And then little T trauma, it could be that one time in second grade that the teacher didn't call on you, or that one time when you were four and you had a conversation with your dad, like it's basically just how the past continues to affect your presence. And it creates these conditions that we live our life by and it's all a story we're all just making up these stories that dictate and provide the rules for how we live our life but when you are able to peel back all that you're not and strip away the stories and the layers from the past you get to discover the truth of who you are and that's like your purpose that's your fulfillment that's the magic within you and that's like to me the definition of thriving right there Definitely. Yes. I I love that. And it's so true because, um, you know, that was actually one of the things that uh, I struggled with the most when I started on my journey uh, was more of what other people told me who I was, you know, they were the ones telling me who I was. And so I was trying to live by everybody else's rules and everybody else's expectations and stuff. And I had to actually stop and say, wait a minute, that's not me, (laughs) you know, And that gets exhausting. That's that's one of the ways we outsource our personal power, thinking that we need to be who other people want or think or expect us to be, 
or even thinking that other people know what's best for us. And that's how I lived most of my life. Like thinking someone else knows what's best for me. Someone else knows what's best for my life. Like, tell me how to live my life. Tell me who I'm supposed to be. Let me put myself in this box. And then I realized I don't even want to be in this box, right? Like I was just checking off all the boxes on the to-do list of life. And I'm like, I didn't even write this to-do list. This isn't even my to-do list. Like, what am am I doing? This isn't my life. This is like society's version of what my life should be. This is like my parents' version of what my life should be. This is everyone else's version of what my life should be. And I'm like, what do I actually want? Like, what's my life about? And that's when you actually get to create your life because our life is basically like a work of art. And why not make it the most beautiful masterpiece that there is? Like we get to actually create it. We have that power. That's the power that's within us. But so often we just get stuck in this box and we don't know how to get out. And the key to unlock the door, we're looking for that key everywhere. The key to happiness, the key to fulfillment, the key to unlock that door. But the door isn't even locked. We get to just choose to walk through it. Exactly. And that is amazing. I love that. (laughs) So could you tell me a little bit about your book, please? Yes. So I actually just finished writing the first draft of my first book yesterday, which is so, it's it's just such a surreal, surreal feeling because I've had this vision of writing a book for years. Like I knew a book would be in my future. I love, love, love writing. I discovered my love for writing when I began my journaling practice. So when I made the decision to leave my marriage and move across the country to restart my life, I knew I had a tremendous amount of healing to do and I wanted to discover myself. So I'm like, all right, let me come up with a plan. So I'm like, I'm going to journal. That seems like something you do when you go on a healing journey. So that's when I began journaling and journaling just became such a huge part of my life. And I realized I actually love writing and I knew I had a story to share, but it was always the type of thing that it's like, I'll do it one day. One day I'll write my book. And when I made the decision to move to Bali, I just felt like that was the perfect time to write my book. Like I wanted to write my book in Bali. So I moved to Bali in January and that's, I began my writing journey soon after that. So I did work with a writing coach. It was a 12 week program. The first four weeks were all just planning and preparing to actually write. And then the path, the second eight weeks of the course was all about just writing. And I showed up every single day and wrote my book. And now I get to begin the journey of publishing, but my, there's always one journey. Life is really just this transition from one journey to the next. Like every end is a new beginning, but my book is about the journey that I went on after leaving the marriage that I was in and my journey of self-love and self-discovery and all of the lessons and perspective shifts that I experienced. So it pretty much begins with me getting on a flight back in 2018 to move across the country to restart my life. And it ends with me getting on a flight in 2023 moving across the world to create my life, which is just like this surreal experience of like where I was and where I am. And it's also really interesting because as I was writing my first book, I was simultaneously living a future book. Like I'm currently on my journey of surrender. I had my journey of self-love and self-discovery, which that's the thing about journeys, especially when it's like the journey of life. There's no finish line. I thought that was the biggest scam at first. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, I don't get to cross the finish line and you give me a trophy. And I'm like, yes, I'm this healed human now. Like, no, it's this journey. And it actually just becomes a way of being, right? Like you just become 
Um, it just becomes part of your life of using your practices and rituals and just discovering more about yourself because that's for me every day, every moment is a spiritual journey. Every moment is an experience to learn something new about myself and become closer and more connected to myself and the divine energy within me and around us. Um, but yeah, like the journeys continue. So I'm still on my journey of self-love and self-discovery. I just added on another journey, which is the journey of surrender, the journey of letting go of that artificial sense of control that we think we have online. So yeah, I wrote my first book as I'm living my second book. Yes. I mean, my, my time here in Bali, I really viewed it as my journey of surrender because I'm a planner. I like to know what's happening now, next. Mm -hmm. And after that, I like to know plans, A, B, C, D, all the letters. And this is really my journey of not having a plan. It's my journey of letting go of the fact that I think I know what's best and just trusting that there's a plan far greater than my own. And I just need to show up. I need to show up for it. I need to surrender to it. I need to receive the intuition and guidance and support and allow the journey to unfold without me micromanaging and trying to control the process. Is it painful? Yeah, it's really scary to let go of control, but it's also really, really beautiful when you see how supported and guided you truly, truly are when you're make yourself and allow yourself to be available to that. But yeah, my future is very uncertain right now. I don't know where I'm living next month. I don't know where I'm living five months after that, but I'm just, I'm just here for it to unfold. And this is my soul's journey. I'm just trying to stay out of the way. That is awesome. I completely understand <laughs> about the needing to plan. I, I'm a planner also. And I think that's one reason I uh, enjoy writing so much because I get to plot everything out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so everything is so, it's, it's beautifully done. <laughs> yes. And you know, there are parts of ourselves, like parts of ourselves that love planning and we can use them in a way that supports us rather than a way that limits us. So we're able to like identify these parts of our personality, these parts of our persona. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, planning is a bad thing. It's like, oh, planning can actually be a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful tool. It's a beautiful skill, but it can also be very limiting when you have your life so controlled and rigid. Like I used to, my life used to be so controlled and so rigid. And I realized I was controlling my own life. And, you know, the reason we try to control things is ultimately because you don't trust it. And if you're not trusting life, it's because you don't trust yourself. So I really had to develop deeper levels of self-trust to allow myself to release that grip that I had on my life. And then you could use planning in ways that actually support you and help you feel good and help you create the life that you want to live. That is, yes, I agree. Um, I, and I, that is actually what I realized with myself, you know, I needed to learn how to trust myself and my intuition, mm-hmm. you know, and it yes. was like, it was seriously hard because which is funny. I don't understand why it was so hard, but apparently I really like to control outcomes, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, that's, that's our, that's our ego though. And our ego just mm-hmm. wants to keep us safe, right? Safe. Like people, yeah. people per- portray the ego as like the enemy. And it's like, actually, you know, your, your ego is just trying to keep you safe. And if you can understand the patterns in your life, like understand what's beneath because the patterns in our life, whether it's planning, toxic relationships, whatever it is, the things that we keep doing that we don't want to be doing that are keeping us from being our true self, that are keeping us from living the life that we want to live. 
the pattern is one thing, but you have to like peel back the blanket and see what it's covering up. And that's when you really can transcend those patterns because you understand why they exist. You understand why you created them in the first place. And then you just keep digging down because those roots go deep and the roots go back all the way to childhood. And if you keep digging, then ultimately you can dig them out and then those patterns no longer exist. And you can integrate those parts of yourself that created those patterns in the first place, created those patterns in order to feel safe, in order to feel accepted, loved, connected, whatever the underlying need was. But it's scary to peel back the blankets and look under the covers and look at the monsters in the closet, the skeletons in the closet and the monsters under the bed. But that's actually who you are. And so we're going to spend our life either at war with ourselves, we're actually discovering and loving ourselves. And the experience of life changes when you actually choose to know all of yourself, not just the parts that you like, but to actually understand the parts that you don't really like about yourself. And that's unconditional self-love because the goal isn't self-love. The goal is unconditional self-love. Yeah, it's easy to love yourself on the days where you're feeling good, you're high vibe, everything is going right, right? Like you get the raise, you got the guy, all the things. But what about on the days where you feel like shit? What about on the days where you feel like you made a mistake? What about on the days that you are judging yourself or criticizing yourself? Those are the moments that you need your own love the most. And those are the moments that we usually abandon ourselves because it's easier to not feel those feelings. It's easier to judge ourselves and make ourselves wrong rather than just accepting ourselves and supporting ourselves and thinking, how can we love ourselves more deeply in this moment? How can we be more compassionate towards ourselves? And that's that's not easy. It's not easy to actually love all of yourself right now as you are. But that's actually how you can make changes in your life. You have to accept where you are in order to get to where you want to go because you can't hate your way to your best self. I try. <laughs> Having that self-resentment, self-loathing, uh, criticism, judgment, comparison, that just locks you into the patterns that you want to change. It's really just accepting and embracing all of yourself that allows you to then actually shift from those patterns and the aspects of yourself that you don't particularly enjoy to begin with it's like this ironic um, paradigm shift that it's like you have to actually love what you don't like in order to move past it that is very very true and that is actually something that I I'm even trying to teach my son you know self-compassion is you know ultimately so is the ultimate love because once yes. you can love yourself, then you can love other people. And when yeah. you're blocking your love for yourself, then you're actually denying love for everyone else, you know, and you're de denying their love for you. You know, there were so many times that I would uh, uh, just say, you know, I no, <laughs> you know, if somebody would say, I love you, you know, you're an amazing person, you're wonderful or whatever, I would just kind of block that because I didn't feel good enough, you know? So yeah. that was like, I think my very first, one of my first steps in my self-healing journey was to learn self-compassion because I just was so hard on myself. And I realized one day that by doing, by being loving to myself and compassionate to myself, it softened me to where I could be more compassionate and loving to other people. You know, there was no judgment. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, we say things to ourselves that we would never say to anyone else, let alone someone sure. that we actually loved and cared about. And 
when we don't have that love and compassion towards ourselves, we look for it from other people and we end up looking for self-love outside of ourselves. We end up looking for self-love in relationships and the workplace and our job and external things. And that's not self-love. When you give yourself self-love and you attract other people who love themselves. I used to think that relationships were a place to get love. And I have since learned that relationships are actually a place to give love. And when you have two people that both have just this abundance of love for themselves, then there's enough to share. So it's really this matter of learning to love yourself and knowing that the love that you're looking for, it's your own and you you are worthy of your own love because sometimes that's the hardest part is actually believing that you deserve your own love. That is so very true. And uh, that is actually one of the uh, issues that I really, really had to, um, it was like one of my shadows, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> my demons I had to face. And I mean, I'm not kidding. When I went to uh, start working on healing my inner wounds and working on self-love, I actually did. It looked like a demon when I went to face it. You know, <laughs> I was like, I did a meditation and it was shocking and horrific what I saw. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. I have, you know, I've abandoned myself so many times so often that I've, I've created this monster, you know, and I need to really, that's when I started learning to accept myself and practice as much compassion for myself as I did for everybody else, because I really did work at, you know, giving, um, love and understanding and, you know, to everyone else. But by doing that, I was actually, a lot of times I was abandoned myself because I was not giving myself anything and that tapped me out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there are so many ways that we unknowingly abandon ourselves and that's so devastating to the relationship that you have with yourself because that's all you want. You want to be there for yourself. You want to know that you can support yourself and love yourself and honor yourself and respect yourself and all the things. But when we abandon ourselves, and most of the time, we're not even aware that we're doing it because it's just those subconscious patterns. It's programs from our past. And we often abandon ourselves when we need ourselves the most, but it's in noticing that and making ourselves become aware of all of the ways that we aren't loving ourselves, the ways that we are abandoning ourselves, that we can start to actually show up for ourselves and to build that trust within ourselves, to offer compassion towards ourselves and to really build the relationship that we have with ourselves. Because the relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship that there is. I missed that life, Bobo. I didn't even know you were supposed to have a relationship with yourself. Like nobody told me it wasn't intuitive to me. Like I had no idea. And the relationship that I had with myself was actually way more toxic than the relationship I had with my then abusive now ex-husband. Because I mean, imagine if you're in a relationship with someone and they don't even know that you're in a relationship with them. Like that's, that's toxic. And that was the relationship I had. I'm like, I'm in a relationship with myself. But I didn't even know I was in a relationship with myself because I didn't have the level of awareness, but the relationship with yourself is really the foundation for every other relationship in your life. And life is just a series of relationships. We have relationships with romantic partners, with family, with friends, with coworkers, with time, with money, with our bodies. Like life is just a series of relationships and they all reflect the relationship that we have 
within ourselves because life is just a mirror. We're constantly being um, given opportunities to see what our inner world is like, but we never make it about us. We always make it about other people. It's this or it's that. We blame things and and blame always gives away your personal power because you're making someone or something else responsible for you, your current circumstances, how you feel. And you can't make changes when it's somebody else's responsibility. So blame, which is not the same as self, um, uh, criticism or judgment. It's just lovingly accepting where you are and taking the responsibility to make changes in your life. That is very true. Yes. Um, ownership, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, and it's okay. It's like, even with your emotions, it's okay to own your emotions and to say, okay, I don't like the way I'm feeling, but you know, and then dig deeper, find out why you're feeling that way. Because, you know, a lot of times it actually is like a trigger or a message saying, Hey, you know, you need to change something. So let's make a shift here. And sometimes it could just simply be a way of saying, Hey, (laughs) you need to give yourself some more love. But then other times it means that you need to actually step out of a situation, you know, and that that is like a, a, a way, a warning, you know, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, developing that emotional intelligence is such an important skill because so often we are triggered, right? Like we react to things. And a lot of the time, it's not even about that particular moment or incident. It's about an emotion that was avoided and stored from the past that was then activated because emotions are energy and motion. They're supposed to move and they're supposed to flow. And another life memo I missed is that you're actually supposed to feel your emotions. You're not supposed to avoid them. Like avoiding the the bad ones. I'm using air quotations because there, there truly are no good or bad emotions. Emotions are neutral. It's our interpretation of them that gives them meaning. Exactly. Sure. Some are, some are more comfortable than others. Like I would say anxiety, fear, doubt, sadness. Those are some of the more uncomfortable ones. But when you avoid the uncomfortable ones, then you get to keep them. And we're actually keeping and holding on to the things that we don't want in the first place. And then we develop coping mechanisms and different strategies to try to avoid them and protect them and prevent them from being activated and triggered, but they don't go away. And when you numb the emotions you don't want, you're simultaneously numbing the emotions that you do want because you can't be selective with your feelings and emotions. So you end up living this life that you're just numb to all of the beauty that life has to offer. And ultimately, those uncomfortable emotions, they are guiding you. They're showing you lessons and their experiences. And it's just part of the human experience. Like That's what makes us human, actually having all of, of these emotions. That is so very true. And it's... uh I know that it can be very difficult, especially for some people to actually just start experiencing them, especially we've been, you know, programmed to not, <laughs> especially the darker yes. ones, you know, the, I mean, the, okay, I say darker, but it's like, uh, they're more, uh, I sense them as being more stagnant and like a thicker energy, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, it's easier to experience the lighter, happier ones because, you know, you're actually taught that that's a good thing, you know, and yeah. 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 I used to think that those bad emotions weren't a good thing. And I tried really hard to avoid them. I avoided them with being overly productive. I avoided them with distractions, with dating, with eating, mindlessly eating my emotions. I avoided them with 
excessive working out and it led me to burnout. It led me to an addiction to exercising. It led me to using drugs as a way to numb myself and to avoid what I was feeling inside. And I just started to keep identifying these patterns in myself. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm actually the common denominator here. Like, let me get curious about why these different patterns keep happening because ultimately it's, it's on me. And if I want a different life experience, if I want a life that feels good, then I need to make the internal changes that actually support that. And a big part of it was actually learning how to feel my emotions and to reconnect with my body because I was just numb from the neck down. I was just living in my head and your, your head is not where you want to live. Your head is your mind. It's your ego. It's all the (laughs) stories. It's thinking it's not truly being in your body, but my body didn't feel safe because that's where all the emotions were the ones I was trying to avoid. So it was like this conundrum of like, I want to do all the things I want to feel. I want to create my life, but also I want to avoid the emotions and you have to actually develop the emotional intelligence and have practices and tools that support you and allow you to experience emotions and to heal from the trauma from the past that's still stored in your body because trauma lives in your body um it's all of the emotions and everything that we want to avoid it's it's all there um but actually developing practices that support your energy and your emotional well-being i think of it as emotional spiritual and mental hygiene we so often mm-hmm. think about like physical hygiene. Like you wouldn't really think like to skip brushing your teeth for the day or not showering for the day. But what about meditating? What about doing the practices that support your emotional well-being and your spiritual well-being and your energetic well-being? Like those are just as important as the physical hygiene. That is very true. And that is actually um something that I, I came to the conclusion of, I became very, very successful in what I was doing, um, uh, pretty recently, you know, um, I had like a, <laughs> what most people would consider a major life setback. And, you know, um, so I had to totally rebuild, you know, uh, my life pretty much from the foundation up, not exactly, but close, you know? And so, um, I became very successful in what I was doing, but in the process, I realized that I was like really disconnecting from spirit, you know, and my soul. And I, I did not like that. And even my intuition, because, um, I was so busy. I didn't take the time to meditate or do my other daily spiritual practices that I normally do. And, um, I was trying to figure out how come I was suddenly so unhappy. I mean, I loved my job. I loved the people I worked with. And I was like, you know, I, I got up in the morning excited to go do what I needed to do, you know, but I was not truly happy. And I was like, okay, what's going on? And then it hit me after I got sick. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> you know, cause then I had time to meditate and do all of those things that I normally would do on a daily basis. And it, that's when it kind of was like, oh, wow, I need to actually stop and I need to slow down. I need to slow down. You know, I'm not connecting with my family as much as I used to. Uh, I barely have, you know, any contact with my friends anymore. You know, it's time for me to slow down and listen to my intuition and start, you know, reconnecting to spirit because I have been, you know, closing myself off from spirit because I just had too much to do. And, you know, every time I think, oh, I need to meditate, you know, or I just need to stop and breathe. I would be like, no, I don't have time. I don't have time to breathe. (laughs) You know, yes. 
Yeah. And it's, it's so ironic because I used to be that same way too. I'm like, I don't have time to meditate. I'm too busy for these things. And that's actually like when you need to meditate most, you are too busy when you don't have time. Like that's the red flag that you need that more than ever. I had such resistance to beginning my meditation practice. Like I fought it for the longest time. I'm like, nope, I can't meditate. My mind is too busy. I can't stop thinking. I can't sit still. Like it's not for me. And I just kept having this knowing that it was what I needed to be doing. And we usually resist what we need most. So true. <laughs> um, but all of my my mentors meditated, all the people I looked up to and uh, and were inspirations to me, they they meditated. I'm like, all right, I it's something I need to do. So I actually had to like force myself to start meditating, which is like the opposite of meditating. Um, but now it's just such a part of my life. Like it's just it's just what I do. I, like, I could not even imagine not meditating because it's really just your opportunity to connect with yourself and to connect with source mm-hmm. spirit, the higher power that is. And it's your opportunity to strengthen that connection. And that's how you receive those messages and just build a relationship with your intuition. Yes. And, and connect with love, you know, that's how I connect yes, with unconditional yeah. love. And, and I, I had forgotten, you know, I'd kind of forgotten my practices and it was, it was very, it was quite miserable, you know, cause, um, I just, I kind of felt lost, you know? And then, yeah. um, yeah, after I got sick and I started having health issues, I was like, wow, you know, I think my body's telling me something. Yeah. So <laughs> I have to make our, some major shifts. <laughs> yeah. Our, we, and it's, it's beautiful that you have that awareness of like, oh, my body is actually like redirecting me to what I need. And sometimes we you have to get a little bit lost in order to find and redirect and course correct to the path that you're meant to be on. And you almost need the contrast, right? It's like you needed to experience what it feels like to not have your practices, to not be meditating, mm-hmm. to not be doing your spiritual rituals, to not be connecting with yourself and the unconditional love, uh, the energy of unconditional love in order to strengthen it now, because now you could see how powerful it is. So that contrast is really important in life. And it's always guiding us to where we need to be. It's always a, a so pivot true. or course correction. And, and at the time, it doesn't feel like it, right? Like at the time when we are experiencing challenges and adversities, and it feels like life is over as we know it, it's hard to just trust in the moment that it's all going to make sense one day. Like we're going to look back one day and we're going to understand why everything happened the way it did. And when you can develop that trust in the moment, even in the middle of challenges and adversities, you just remember how guided and supported you truly are and that it will make sense one day. And you can just let it make sense now in this moment, even when it doesn't make sense. You just have such a different sense of support and safety. That is so true. And that is so funny because I was thinking the other day about, uh, so about two years ago, um, I was very homeless (laughs) and, uh, you know, going through a lot. I had lost my job. I've lost my home, a bunch of different Mm -hmm. things. And, um, I was thinking about how not traumatic it was, you know, I expected it to be more traumatic. I expected it to be something that drove me. And I realized that it, it really didn't because with, I mean, there were moments that I, you know, ego kicked in and it was like, you know, (laughs) you're going to die or whatever, but, um, it just, um, I just, 
I had more of the trust and knowing that the path that I was on was the correct path. And they were actually, you know, guiding me. And this was where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be experiencing. And it was very difficult for me at first um, to accept. Actually, it was very, very painful for my pride to accept where I was at. But, you know, um, it was, uh, but when I looked back and I realized, had I continued on the path, had I been able to be allowed to go down that path, uh, I would have ended up in a situation I didn't want to be in anyway. And I don't see myself as being as happy and successful as I am now because of the, you know, because if had I gone down that path. So um, I'm, I was thinking about how grateful I was that everything had turned out the way it had and grateful that I had the spiritual support and guidance through that whole thing and that I could feel it and acknowledge it, you know. Mm, yeah, it's, that's, it's very that's difficult so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And, you know, the challenges in life ultimately lead you to where you're meant to be, especially if you are able to just trust and trust that it's all happening the way it's supposed to, even if it doesn't feel like it, even if you wish it could be different or just trusting and just knowing that you have more support and guidance available to you than you could even comprehend. That is very true. And that was, um, I mean, again, there were moments that were scary, but at the same time, it all ended up working out. And I think that those moments were actually, you know, more defining moments and helped me see things from a completely different perspective, including myself, my life, everything, you know, it totally shifted my perspective and it, I could see it breaking patterns, you know, that I had been holding on to out of probably fear, you know, and habit you know, I needed that shift. I needed everything to be totally broken. So. And that's, and that's the thing. Life is always giving us opportunities to learn the lessons that we need to learn to strip away those layers, to peel back all that we're not. So that way we can be more of who we're supposed to be. And when we resist and we fight that, we usually create a lot more difficulty in our life rather than just like (laughs) surrendering to what's happening and just knowing that okay this is actually serving me life is happening for me not to me everything I'm experiencing uh, is happening for a reason but simultaneously honoring yourself for where you're at and not avoiding your emotions because one thing that I got really good at was positive self-talk I could talk myself out of anything but what I was doing a lot of the time was I would feel an uncomfortable, negative, we'll call it emotion. And I could talk myself out of it, but I was ultimately still bypassing feeling the emotion. So it's like, you got to celebrate the shit, right? Celebrate whatever sucky situation you have in your life and feel it, honor it, validate your emotions, but also it's like, have a moment, but don't let it be a major moment. Have your moment, feel what you're feeling, feel the pain, feel the disappointment, guilt, doubt, whatever it is, feel it. But then also choose thoughts that are going to support you and just choose to lean into trust and faith. Yes, yes. That is the easiest way to transcend those moments. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. So, um, okay. Uh, Do you um, have any links that we can uh, share with our listeners today? Yes, I will send them over to you so you can put them in the show notes. I'll send you my Instagram, the podcast, and also my website for more information on my coaching programs and my online programs. Excellent. Wonderful. I am so 
happy that you were able to be a guest on my show. I'm just, this is just amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. I just loved the, your, your podcast name. <laughs> Once I saw your podcast name, I was like, Oh, I have got to have her on my show. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun because you know, life, life is too serious to not have fun, right? Like we make it out to be the serious thing. And it's like, we're all on this journey. Let's just have fun along the way. And life gets to feel like a party when you actually show up for it. So I'm all about making the journey of self-love, self-discovery, healing, just fun and having it be something you look forward to and not just like another chore on the task to do list of life so thank you so much for inviting me on the show I loved our conversation I love the conversation too and I really appreciate you being here and I'm hoping that maybe you can come back another time too <laughs> oh absolutely anytime send me a link and I'm excellent. here yay excellent and um, maybe it'll be after you've got your book published I would love to be able to promote your book oh that would be super special yes I love that idea Excellent. Okay. Well, this is a Kelly Kalia. Please tell me I said your name right. Kalia, like kind of like California. Okay, Kalia. Kelly Kalia. Okay, so this is Kelly Kelly Kalia, and yeah. uh, host of the Dear Dumbitch podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Relationship Redefined with Psych Girl. I am your host, Elizabeth, reminding you to subscribe to our channel for weekly episodes. If you would like to learn more about me, you can visit my website at psychgirlcoaching.com. Until next week, I wish you the very best.